What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, action figures, comic books, and more. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. We got Jack Walker Pearson, Christopher St. Victor, Richard Wilson. Gentlemen, how was your week? What are you reading? What are you watching? What's going on? Yo, we got a full house this week. Full house, dude. man. Like, you got it, dude. <laughs> you just somebody got it. And a shot of milk wow. are back. Wow, wow, wow. Somebody, okay. yeah, you got it. <laughs> got What's it. up? How was your week? My week was all right. You know, my couple, you know, few few days, a uh, little little hectic, or a few weeks were a little hectic. But uh, went to the went to the parentals uh, parentals home and went through a box of uh, old toys. Yeah, and I forgot to bring some back. But oh, Rich, you didn't bring. Any I did back? bring this bad boy back because I I was walking through the I was walking through the halls, well through the hall. I'm not like my they live in like a palatial palace. I was walking through the hallway <laughs> and I saw this on the floor. I'm like, what? Hey, did you say a palatial palace? No, palatial means yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Grand and oh, they say like a fillet. You said Felicia. <laughs> you know what? Lawrence, that's a from you. That's culture, all right? And I saw this on the floor. I'm just like, why is it? This is a travesty. A new oh, dude. NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game no, cartridge. That wow. was my... And I'm like, why is this on the floor? This I just I just, I just took what? it and threw Are it in my suitcase. Are they all in red? Yeah, they're all in red, yeah. It used to be yeah. like that in some of the advertising and marketing back then. They would just give them all one color sometimes. That game yeah, was a man. jam, man. That game was awesome. Wait, is that the four-person side-scroller? I, 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 I couldn't tell you. It's been a while since I played this I think thing. Turtles 2 was. No, side. I think that's you just got one of them. Yeah, I think Turtles 2 was a four-person side-scroller. that scroller. might be worth some... That should have been your show-and-tell, man. That looks yeah. like a little fun little thing you got there. Yeah. A little, little something buzzing around in there. I'm not sure if that's a good thing, but uh, blow into it and it'll work better. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's what, that's that's what she it. does for me. Anyway. Hello. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I picked this up. I threw it in the bag, and there was a few other uh, toys which I forgot to put in my bag. But I'm like, what am I going to do with all these damn toys in my in my bag, man? They're going to look at my, my my bag and X-ray and be like, what? Who is this weirdo? No, doing? they understand the culture. They know what it is. Uh, but um, but uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So what I was watching. I started watching. I started rewatching. Um, what was it? Uh, Castlevania. Excuse me on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started rewatching that. I finished up um, My Hero Academia. Dude, I, I I took over Anime Alley last week, and I just talked about that without spoiling it. Yeah, how, it how dope that season! Crazy, crazy. Shut up, Chris. You know what? <laughs> ah, Chris. Anyway. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm hoping that there's, there's something that you'll you'll come to. But you know, what? I'm sure. Um, other than that, nah. I'm, I'm gonna leave that for my my collector's corner. Ooh. Um, ain't nothing. It's just something my, my my girl got me or whatever. But um, other than that, yeah, just chilling, just working. Wait, wait. Since you went first, Rich, we have What's to up? say for those listening, as of this recording, Sunday, April second, we are celebrating. Richard yeah. T. Wilson's yeah. birthday. Happy yeah. birthday, Rich. Yeah. Happy birthday, Rich. Birthday. I hate you all, but thank you. <laughs> There's uh, a little something coming yeah. in the mail. Don't do what you did last time and like leave that package just sitting there because you know where it came from. Open <laughs> all of your Amazon boxes, please. <laughs> all right, I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. But thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good week, man. Chris, 
I know how your week. We've been talking. You've been oh, just man. The, the black Willy Wonka making toys. So Dude, I'm going to save that for my for my uh, collector's corner because it's getting... I don't know, man. This stuff is getting serious right now. So I've been printing a lot. I found some new designers. I did a YouTube video about this one guy who like, just kind of reprised like, 80s and 90s toys, which is really right up our alley. And uh, his designs are just amazing. And... Um, I've almost done with Batman '89. It's... Which one's that? <laughs> yeah, that's the one with Michael Keaton. But the the comic book. I, I almost oh, oh, yeah. I stopped. Good. It I took did. you yeah, as it... long to get around to Batman '89 as it did for me to get around to Elden Rings. And you know wow. what? <laughs> it's a little underwhelming. I'll tell you that. It doesn't oh. feel at, at, at the halfway point it does not feel like this is a sequel to the movies it does it does you know you know how you know when a comic book is good is when you're reading it and everything around you almost disappears right mm-hmm. and you're focused on this comic book and the comic, it's almost like you're watching a movie yeah okay yeah 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 and i didn't get that with this at all and it was ugh, i don't know yeah i didn't finish i'll finish it though yeah one more <laughs> Man, no. that's right. it. just a ton of work, and that's it. Man, okay. Jack, how was your week? Well, speaking of reading comic books and having experiences, I checked out the new. It's there's a Superman series happening right now called Superman <coughs> Lost. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I was kind of medium on it. I like maybe I like the premise, but the way the first issue read was meh. So I'll probably check the second one out, but I also picked this guy up. This is the John Kent, Superman John Kent story. Hmm. I know. Lawrence is making faces about the cover. Not the cover. They, they don't know what to do with the character. They have no idea what to do with this character. Well, I'll tell you, this first issue is pretty good, and I'm excited to get the second issue. So basically what it is is Ultraman. Um, Ultra? Ultraman. Ultraman yeah. is going around the multiverses or the worlds, different worlds, uh, universes, and he's killing Clark Kent's. He's just butchering them. And so um, John Kent is elicited into a team to try and prevent this Clark Kent from being killed and to stop Ultraman before he's able to kill anyone else. So the first, the first issue is pretty good. If I'm being honest, so I'm excited to jump into the next one. That was a recommendation from uh, my buddy Paxton at my local comic book shop, the Krusty Bunker. It and looks then- good. It's just that I can go on a whole John Kent rant, but like the issue with John Kent is you you aged him up. Yep. To take Superman's place, making him Superman, knowing you're going to bring Clark back. Yep. Therefore, you don't know what are you going to do with this guy. <laughs> he said, "Okay, he's gonna go off to this Earth and eventually stop Ultraman, and then what? He can't. You can't be Superman and then become Superboy. You can't go back. Why does he look like the blue Superman from the nineties? Well, that's, right. that's that's the homage. That, that's the yeah. yeah. Well, hey, that, but that's it's also, also, homage? It's also that's because his, what do you say? Was that storyline terrible? <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> blue, Superman blue and red was pre- pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say is, it's because John Kent's powers are." evolving differently he's actually evolving a different set of powers as mm. the story goes on um which is pretty interesting different than superman and also yeah. ultraman also like uh kidnapped and tortured john kent 
Yes. For years. So I, actually, it does sound good. And Valzad's in it as well. So I'm exactly. Well, it's literally that's issue one. Valzad shows up on his earth to say, hey, man. Black Superman, everybody. Yeah, Black that's Superman. that's that's, that's the one that was uh, going to happen. No, no, not him. A-L, steel. No, not steel. <laughs> that was going to be the. Uh, the uh, what's the that's gonna be the name? Michael B. Jordan that, that was gonna be what that was until right. everything said no. And I wanted was Michael B. Jordan gonna shave? You think? Is he mm. ever shaved? He's been clean shaven. Was he when clean he... shaven in Fantastic Four? Yeah, yeah, he was. And no. Chronicle, no, was he? Yeah, yeah, he didn't have a little bit of the he might, might have had like a little bit of a shadow, it's but... not like his signature thing. No, he was clean, and... he was clean shaven in Creed One, I think. To be honest with you. Hmm. I did some other stuff, but I'm going to skip it for sake of our timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. All you listening out there. Oh, I also wanted to give a shout out to all our um, podcast listeners, especially you California guys who are just killing our numbers right now. Thank you so much for love and support. Also, the Texas team out there. We got New York, New Jersey, and Singapore is just loving our content. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Singapore. Keep listening. I'm trying to make that money. Let's make that money. My week, man. Uh, watching Superman and Lois. It's hitting yeah. in the feels, man. It's really good. And the budget, man. The effects look really freaking dope. And it just hits the heart of Superman, but also involves so many other characters, other storylines. Because you never feel like Superman's left out, which tends to happen with the most powerful person. What do you do with him? This show knows what to do with him. Make his wife sick, and that's something he can't fight. It's really good. It's really freaking good. Um, was well, you have to say something? No, that's that's such an important thing. It's like why the death of his father and how his father died in the comics is so important. And again, why Zack Snyder just totally missed the mark. Exactly. Okay. Spoiler alert. Episode three opens up with Superman flying around. He hears Lois screaming, Clark. He goes up to the stratosphere to hear where it's coming from. He's confused. He can't figure it out. He finally goes to Metropolis. Metropolis is falling apart. Special effects look dope. He can't find her. He sees Lois. Clark, Clark. He's flying to her as fast as he can. He can't get to her quick enough. Globe falls on her just as he gets to her. He wakes up from a nightmare. Because mm. to him, I can't save her. I can't get to her fast enough. Now, I don't know how this guy who let his father die in a tornado Ugh. has that mm. kind of, if all I can, you know, it's it's a conflict of moral um, interests. Like, so, yeah. Well, and I they got that so. element really accurate in All Star Superman, you know. So if All Star Superman is what they're basing this thing off of, Jack, they're not though. I I, I hate to break it to you, it's but that element good. is in there. His fi- what's what's so good about that comic book? Derail a little bit. He has a relationship with his father and his mother, uh, kind of like um, Lois and Clark's The New well, Adventures. Nin- the nineties, the nineties yes. comics. When his parents but then his alive. father dies in the comic, heart attack, and he can't make it there in time. So, like those elements are there. That's the best elements. He can't make it in time. Not standing on the side watching him die. Sorry, we're just, sorry, we're ranting on Snyder. Um, what else? What else did I do this week? I went back and uh, I didn't really finish One Punch Man season two, so I said, "Let me finish this." I know why I didn't finish it. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it went to a different studio. It was completely different makers, different animators, and it was—he's barely in it. He's not yeah. even really in it, Rich. Yeah. What, what is that about? I don't know. 
So I have me, no idea. I went back to watch some of season one just to make sure like I wasn't tripping. I'm like, oh, this is very different. And it's about him. Yeah. Um, so whatever. And I watched that horror film Smile just for uh, why not. Uh, how was that? It's all right. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. You saw yeah. it, Rich? Yeah, I saw it. It's all right. It's fine. It, it, Wait. It, it didn't put a smile on his face. Yeah. Did you go to the movies to see it? No, good thing I didn't. No. <laughs> I saw that thing on Paramount Plus. I'm like, all right, yeah, no. Uh, well, that's my week. That's, I think that's my week. Yes, that is my week. Yo, Chris. What up, Lawrence? I got a question for you, man. What's that? What do you call an injured Batman? What do you call an injured Batman? Bruised Wayne. Oh, play on words! <laughs> no, Rich is out. No, Rich is out. I'm back, Rich. Don't, don't leave, Rich. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. What do you? What, so, what are you printing over there? I don't know if you guys can hear. Uh, Chris uh, yeah. is 3D printing in the background. That's what some of those squeaks are. We're listening. Well, don't, to. don't, don't tell him what you're printing because we might find out what you're printing as we go down the street. Make a right of the stop sign, a left at the light, and we'll be at the collector's corner. It's show and tell time. Here at the collector's corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something out of our combo chest, something out of our combo case, something out of our 3D printing case, and showcase it to the world. It could be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. What do you guys got? Well, let me go, because we're already talking about it, and... Okay, so you can wow. see right here. You got I'm a going. child. <laughs> yeah, How did you three D print a kid? Three D printed a child. That's good. Say what up? So I found out. So I. <laughs> you look just like you when you were a kid. Yeah. Chris. It's crazy. So I found. So I found. I taken a break from three D printing. And then I, we were still checking here and there. And I found this new designer called Calavera. I did a YouTube video on him. He's freaking awesome. And he, his thing that really got to me was that he created a bunch of these, of the 80s and 90s figures. Wow. That uh, he brought back. So this is the this is Donatello. Um, so I joined. I actually joined his. Pay, I paid my. I joined his Patreon. And then oh. uh, for 20 bucks a month, you get all his, you get all his stuff, and you get two two like gifts uh two gifts a week. So there's Donatello. There's Raphael with the size. That's thin. dope. But the cool thing about his designs is you don't put them, these you don't put together. You just print them and they come off the printer articulated and everything. They print articulated. That's which, crazy. Yeah, which is yeah. super, super cool. So if the print stands up, you just take it off, it's done. So I used some uh, some of these, this, this cool filament I had. Um, he did Faker from He-Man. Dude, that's dope. Dude. Now, the 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 clothing, that's that's molded into the figure right like yes. the belt and the stuff there. yeah 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 so if you see up close you can see it's uh it's all molded together but it looks just like the toy that you know he modeled it after the toys yeah just like the toys you, you even see in donnie's thing <clears throat> so i got michelangelo printing and now i'm doing my most ambitious print right now which is you see the blue <clears throat> for the thing so i so Lawrence and i were talking about painting so instead of painting what he does is he'll break it up into parts so you can print each part in a different color. So you see, I have the thing in this copper, this copper orange metallic. That's oh wow! All right. 
And then here are his boots that just came off the printer now. That's uh -huh. cool. And then, yeah. and then the blue that's in here is going to be his body. And then his head is going to sit inside the body like oh, that. Nice. Yeah. And then the head the head articulates and turns. You don't have to paint this. It's already no, It's, it's going to be official, official. That's so, sick. That's I'm sick. excited. This this one's gonna this one's gonna be like it's gonna look crazy because these these look just look cool because you know I use a you know I can say it's a the those McFarlane special edition because I had you know this <laughs> rose gold filament but um this is gonna look like like a like le, like legit a finished yeah 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 nice, so, nice. yeah wow that's where who, I'm at who wants to follow up the toy maker <laughs> I'm like, let's move on to the next segment. Let's just, move, let's just bounce out of collector's score. Rich, it's your birthday, man. What do you got? Uh, well, I got a couple of gifts from my girl. I mean, the turtle thing really should have been my collector's corner. But uh, my girl... <laughs> you can show it on, again. Yeah, she went... I mean, here, check it out. Check out the, the collected... The, the car, NES cartridge Dude. of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I am tempted to try to find me a, a working NES to see if this works. I remember that game Good. was so that hard game. to play. It was yeah. so hard. What year is that one? This one, uh, do I have a year on it? I don't it's think like there's 80, a year on it. Uh, 1989. I have it open right now. They're going 89. on 89. Okay. 99 a piece. Oh, oh, this one. Is that one? Tim Burton's uh, Ninja Turtles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the one with Michael Keaton, isn't it? So don't, don't, don't confuse Rich. <laughs> You ain't confusing me. You're confusing yourself anyway. But uh, my girl got me some uh, some gifts for, for my birthday. She wasn't exactly sure what it was that I collect for the Pops. Mm. But uh, she got me what she thought I would like. And oh. she didn't fail. So she got me Pop uh, ad icon, the Kool-Aid Man. That is awesome. Ah, that's cool. That's and cool. she went all out and she got the protective cover of everything on it. So yeah, the oh yeah, you know, the oh yeah in the back. That's Kool Aid man, just chilling. So I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, it's nice because who who doesn't remember the Kool Aid man back in the day, right? Come on, man. All right, and then she got me because she was one sure about this one. And I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't gonna collect this. Now I think I might have to. Uh -oh. But she got me um Stranger Things, and I've been seeing this. That looks so rich. Are you about to go down the Stranger I Things? I got the Debbie Gorgon, right from the the Briars house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you got the Demi Gorgon with his mouth open, and you can see the uh, in the background is the Briar's house with the with the lights. He's I guess this one uh, is uh, he's in the upside down, so it's, you got the muted colors, like the gray. That's like season one, right? Yeah, yeah when Will was so, missing. Yeah, so you see the lights, the lights in the background, the words on the wall, the couch, and then That's this is like nice. a whole set, so you can get uh you can get eleven, and then I don't know what the the missing two are. Oh, okay. It's a dry. mystery. Yeah. So, so you only to collect this, you just got to get four. You're not going yeah. down. Like you're not getting all the Stranger Things. Funky I mean, box. I hope so because you know sometimes they'll they could they'll just put like a few on the back of the box, but there's a whole bunch. Like for my whole, you know, my growing wall of freaking My Hero Academia, yeah. there's still some that I don't have up there yet. Rich, there's a lot. I, when I went to that Funko Pop store, mm. I was like, there's a lot in it, here. No, I got. That's how they get you, Rich. I got All Might as the teacher now. He needs to be put up on the wall. <laughs> I got Deku, student Deku. Right? Like, I, I still got a few that still need to be put up on this wall. And it's not, oh. 
<laughs> this uh, isn't collector's corner, but this should have been what I did for the week. I did find Peacemaker. I've been slacking on him, but I found Peacemaker in his underwear. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that's a great one. Now I got Peacemaker is, in his underwear. Yes, that's so, a must yeah. have. That's so, a yeah. must have. <laughs> Look at his face. McFarlane should have made a peacemaker in his underwear. Yo, McFarlane should make a peacemaker in his ball. Man. But yeah, that's my collector's corner. Well done. And some stuff that I did this week. So yeah. Yeah. Well done, Kathy. Those are amazing birthday gifts. Well freaking. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. Bye. Jack. There really should be a peacemaker in his panties. (laughs) McFarlane figure. Absolutely. There should. Um, you know, it's funny. I, uh, Kool-Aid, I did a Jimmy Kimmel. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel set that was, had the giant wall punch out detail in it. Like the Kool-Aid man had come in through and then they CGI'd Kool-Aid man. And Rich, I got my Demi Gorgon here also. Wait, did you plan that? Did you pull that out or is that what you're going to show? No, I will. No, I just saw it. I got this off of a set. I forget what set it was from, but it was just like. That's pretty detailed. Is that 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 I think it is. It's like a it's like a thirty twenty twenty five thirty dollar toy, man. The thing is huge too. It's it's I think it's about a foot. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, tons of articulation. Yeah. But I got inspired when I saw your yours. So um, no, my show and tell item is a comic book this week. But I figured I'd show this guy because I probably never show him. This is my Batman one hundred. It's got Batgirl on the cover. Nine point nine. Yeah. Nine point nine. So. Fair market value is normally based off of a 9.8. If you got a 9.9 or a 10, those are way harder to come by, especially if they're older. But there's three comic book grading companies. This is PGX. PGX? Mm -hmm. So PGX is kind of like the lesser of the three grading companies. Um, So if you're a snob comic book collector, if you got a 9.9 PGX, you probably are considering it's actually maybe a 9.8 CGC or something. Mm -hmm. PGX tends to be a little more lenient in how they grade a thing. So a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll get like a 9.8 CGC, crack it open, send it to PGX to have it re-slab to see if they get a better grade. Hmm. Or they'll do the opposite. Um, Jack, can I ask you a question about grading? So on our Instagram, we have a lot of companies that do like pressing. And I guess- Ironing, is that worth doing to your books or is it, does it hurt value? Is it? Oh, you should definitely do it. What okay. what you shouldn't necessarily do is do restoration. Um, but you should, if you're going to send a comic book to get graded, you should always have it cleaned and definitely have it pressed because every little crease or blemish or stain counts against the overall grade. And about 80% of the way a comic book is graded is simply based off of the cover itself. It's got a lot less to do with the interior of the comic. Of course, the interior comic normally has way less wear and tear. So most of the grade comes off the cover. So you want to get that thing cleaned. You want to get it pressed. But if you get it restored, then they grade it differently. They'll either say it's a restoration grade. Mm-hmm. And some some collectors don't want a, a restored comic anyways. They're like, yeah. give me, I'd rather have a. Will they use other, will they use things that aren't part of the original paper or whatever to restore it? Is that why? Like well, it's not put, all They'll original? go in and they'll, they'll kind of like re, depends on how it, how aggressive you want to get with the restoration. But in some cases they'll go back in and they'll recolor the whole thing to make it look vibrant and real again. And uh-huh. technology's come a long way. So 
it looks great. But it's, we not posted, it's not the original. It's 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 new parts, old car, new parts. That's one way of looking at it. It's still the original, you know, but it's definitely a restored version of the original. Yeah. And so a lot of collectors would rather have the uh, the patina. You know, well, they'd rather yeah, they'd rather have the the CGC. 2.0 grade instead of the CGC 6.0 grade restored. Like, just give me the original thing. I like seeing the creases on it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which is also why the Spider-Man comic, the original Spider-Man comic though, is less valuable than Action Comics number one. Sold for more than Action Comics number one because it had a higher grade, but it's not a more valuable comic. If you had Action Comics. In like a, a nine point eight, that thing's forget about it. Pretty much doesn't exist, you know. Right. You'd have to probably have it restored. How much did you say that one is worth? Your this Bat- guy, your Batman one hundred. I honestly don't remember. I probably probably in the hundred hundred fifty dollar range, something like it's that. It's like 2020, 2019? Yeah, it it's a out? new comic. That's but that's also okay. why I was able to find it in a nine point nine. It's a newer comic, right? But still, so what's, over a hundred bucks. That's not bad for a new comic. Huh? No, not at all. But yeah. it's a lot easier to find a high grade, like tens, nine point nines, and tens of older comics almost don't exist. They just mm. kind of almost don't exist. Um, they do, but they're very rare. That's why you can almost pick your price at that point. Fair market is set at a nine point eight. But these newer comics are often sent straight to the grading companies, and so they'll grade hot off the press hundreds of comics and some are nine point this nine point that nine nine and tens and then they've got it fresh off the press so mm-hmm. you'll see a lot more moving forward than you would moving backwards obviously ah. okay. you make me want to get into this but wait till you it's see what radical. i show it's the complete opposite of what you're doing jack i can't wait to show you what i got well show me <laughs> it's more up buddy all right okay so this is kind of a runner-up. I have something else. But I was going through my comics, and I was like, yo, if Jack is an example of how to keep your comics, I'm an oh, example boy. of how not to keep your comics. <laughs> I read my comics, man. So first up, I was going through, and I have my Nightfall Batman. Ooh! Now, yeah. I do have yeah. a double of this that is sitting somewhere safe and untouched. But I have okay. this, this joint sick. You, you know, you don't even have that comic came with a a paper detail that intersects the bottom frame of it Uh which is yeah i've got i've got like six of those ones one was my reading edition and five were my save editions (laughs) i have have one saved edition um yo we talked about this last a couple weeks ago i I just bumped into this bad boy yeah yeah. i thought this was really x-men one when i was in sixth grade i'm like wait i'm doing it (laughs) <laughs> Wait, let me just show you something. So Alex Ross just redid that cover. I uh, know it's blurry. Uh, I'm gonna put it. We'll put it on the Instagram. I just had to say for the Instagram. It just happened. You have to bring it up. But Alex Ross redid that cover in Alex Ross style. It looks phenomenal, dude. I mean, to have that and the original Jim Lee, that'd be dope. Yeah. And that that folds out, right? That looks it like it does. Folds out. It does because yeah. then you have Magneto over here. Yeah. Well, so and on the inside so you have like a. X-Men in like X-Force or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So see how it folds okay. out into those different panels? Uh-huh. Each of those panels actually was its own uh got its own comic book printing of a variant cover. Really? Uh-huh. I yeah. did not know and, that. And so depending on which cover you have, the value is significantly different. 
I just mm-hmm. happen to have all of them. All of the all of them. <laughs> Jack Humble Flex. I got this Flash comic. This is really cool, man. I, I read this cover to cover as a kid. It's freaking like Wally West's worst day of his life because Barry Allen comes back from the dead and betrays him. Says he tried to replace me and leaves him for dead. It's actually Jeez. pretty freaking dark. Who's the so, artist on that? That kind of looks like Neil Adams. Uh, Mark Wade, Greg LaRue Pencil, Roy Richardson. Now, but a lot of the stuff looks similar, like a lot of the artwork back then. And then I have, yo, this this comic is sick. Yo, I read this as a kid, cover to cover, multiple times, called Panic in the Sky. Superman pretty much leads all the superheroes. Everyone is in here. Guy Gardner to Captain Marvel, Nightwing. Superman's leading Batman. Like, Superman is the leader in this comic book. And he's fighting this dude. He's fighting pretty much Brainiac, who brainwashes this dude who fought for his independence on War World and Supergirl. It is dope. And the art now, Jim Lee is dope, but, like, I love that 80s style artwork, man. That's that, like mm. early 90s. That's pre-mullet, right? Oh, yeah. This pre-mullet, is straight up the yeah. 80s. This is like when John Byrne took over post-crisis, and it's just a sick joint. And then, not to be too labored, <laughs> this don't have a cover. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But it is, but, yeah. <laughs> but these two are sick. Now, this one I want to pick up yeah. later. So yeah. this one's in better condition. Pretty much Jason Todd. These are Jason Todd Robin stories. And basically, he meets a woman who's being abused by this guy. But his, his, the, the, his, the guy's father is like, a, uh, he has political protection. And the woman winds up hanging herself. So then when Batman gets to Robin, the dude slips off his balcony. Robin's oh. like, he slipped. And then it kind of continues here with Batman unsure if Robin pushed the guy or not. And then this one, I love. You never know. You don't know. know. When you, you, as a reader, you go to the balcony when Batman does, and you just see the guy falling to his death. But they never answer. Never get an answer. The fans answered already. Well, the fans wound up killing Jason Todd. And then you have this book, which I love. I read. There's no cover to this, and basically, (laughs) we read the cover off. This is Jason Todd as Robin going out, and then bumps into Nightwing, and it's his first time meeting Nightwing, and it's the first time Nightwing and Bruce Wayne have a conversation since Dick Grayson was fired from being Robin after getting shot by the Joker. It's actually, I mean, I was like, these are dope, man. And real quick, since this is going on YouTube. Yo, this is violent. Like, Batman goes into this junkyard in this book to get Commissioner Gordon because uh, he was kidnapped and tells Robin to stay behind because you might have pushed somebody off a balcony. <laughs> and, like, Batman is fighting these two guys with machine guns, and they open fire. Batman just jumps out the way, and they shoot each other in the chest. Uh, yeah. 1980s that's, Batman. That's, that's kind of like that's kind of like uh, how he did it on the train. You know, I also don't have to save you. Save you, yep. Right, but like, and he says, "I was hoping there would be no more killing today." And it's like, "You're a ninja." <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm really gonna show, and I'll make this fist, is my Woo! Mr. Freeze action figure. What? Right. McFarlane, Mr. Freeze action figure. Yeah. Yeah. The helmet over. The, that's so freaking. Helmet the head, comes off. Look at the head sculpt on this. I mean. McFarlane, no one can touch McFarlane and head sculpts, especially at these. I wish his suit had a little more hint of blue in it. I wish that I there's a there will be, and at this point there is an unboxing video on YouTube, and I say the same exact thing. I wish these white parts were more chrome, bluish chrome. Right. Um, the color, the paint app is kind of whack, but um, people are going in and doing their own customizations. Yeah. I'm not, but yeah, because wouldn't the ice blast? Because that looks like the ice blasting it, right? 
Wouldn't that be kind yeah. of bluish? Well, yeah. I mean, the fact this should be a completely different color than this. This should be right. like it's now you can see as a finish on it. We're talking about the uh, the ice that's coming out of the gun for those just listening to the podcast. But go watch this segment on YouTube so you can see our stuff. But um, this should definitely be blue or at yeah. least a different color. But it's a sick figure, man. And the detail, like the canisters are all bent and stuff. That's yeah. cool. That's a cool. Yo, this is dope. He's yeah, I like the sculpt on that. I would definitely be one of the guys putting a little pop of paint well, on there. Though. Use a little finish on the white parts. Nothing so, just, yeah, just because a, like if, highlight. If you yeah, because if you look here, it has all the detail. Uh-huh. Just it's just really not. Can. It's just not. Yeah, it's not brought yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and y'all can go on YouTube and watch this collector's corner segment as well as the unboxing of this figure. And yeah, yeah. And if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And if you're listening, don't even finish this podcast before you do what? Before you freaking download and follow and all. I guess you already download if you're listening to it. But make sure you follow and leave a review. Helps with the algorithm. Let's <laughs> get that all out the way right now. Um, yo, Rich. Yo. I'm waiting for you in this alley. Okay. Wow. Stop. Pause. Wow. So it's Pause. Over there. Morgan. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. saw some anime, Rich. It's time for Anime Alley with Richard Wilson. My anime alleys are going to, the anime alley is going to be like all over the place, like um, Lawrence's descriptions of it. Um, I'm going to be talking about things that you guys should watch. I'm going to be talking about things that I've just watched and th- things that I'm going to be watching. All right. Yeah. And I was, I have a few things saved on my Crunchyroll. And one thing that popped out to me was oh, Hell's, what was that? That sentence just didn't sound right from where oh, I was sitting. What? A bunch of degenerates. You're all Jack, 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 please. Maturity a little bit, Jack. This is anime right. Please, please Jack. A little maturity. Yes, thank you. Anyway, I'm waiting for you this dark alley, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Rich. Don't make don't keep me all. waiting. I really hate you all. <laughs> um but yeah, Hell's Paradise. All right. We follow Gabi Maru, the hollow, a ninja. Uh, I'm not even going to pronounce that village. And <laughs> he was set up by fellow ninjas and is now on death row. Um, tried killing, it, uh, tired of uh, killing and betrayal. He wants to <coughs> die. However, no method of ex- execution works on him because, as much as the seemingly empathetic Gabi Gar- Maru refuses to admit it, he does have a reason to live. I'm like, yo. Oh. Might check this out. The the thing mm. that really got me, as most as most animes, is the uh is the artwork, and I'm just like, it, it looks it looks pretty dope. But I'm looking at the score of it; it's an eight point uh four two on on my anime list. I'm like, I will okay. give this a try. Okay. So I'm gonna let y'all know how that how that run through. Um, I don't know if I told y'all last time. I I checked out um my <laughs> daddy, my buddy daddy's dad buddy daddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can see how sure some people. I can see how some people will find the appeal of it. Like, but that little girl's annoying. That little girl's <laughs> annoying. I'm like, I, I don't know if it's a, a good thing to say, but she, she's annoying. It's like, come on, she's, she's like four back, years man. old, and I get it. Japan is a different culture. She like traversed Japan to see her dad as as a four year old. I'm just like, all right, I guess. But she's wildly annoying. The two guys are pretty cool. One guy's like a playboy. He can kind of like charm his way into any any situation. The other guy, he's just a straight up killer. He's very serious. He gets the job done. He even when he finishes the job and he disappears, he disappears in such a professional way. 
right? The dude, the playboy, he kind of just went to the elevator, kind of blended in with the crowd. This dude broke the window down as they stick into the plan, had a harness on, just repelled out the window. <laughs> ah. I'm like, this is great. But that serious dude, when he's at home, he like plays video games. He's like very into video. He's like a shut in. So he's like Jason, inside the whole I see time. Jason Statham <laughs> and like Will Smith. Maybe. That, would that be good casting for this? Maybe, maybe. Um, I, I feel like Jason Statham is a little bit. I, maybe Will Smith or Jason Statham for for the uh, the charming guy. One of those really? two. Really, I see Jason Statham as like he can. No, no, I can't see Jason Statham being like the because uh, because like during the job he's like focused, like he's focused on the job. But when he's like at home, he's like a shut in like video game anime watcher. Okay. But he's okay. very serious about his job. So he's like cleaning guns and everything like that. But when he's not doing that, he's watching video. He doesn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. And it's like garbage all around him. So, the, so the, you know, the charismatic one, he has to come in and clean up the house and everything like that. And he Brad Pitt, Edward Norton. I could, maybe. All right, I'm done casting this thing. <laughs> I'm tired of your rejection. <laughs> I mean, I can see, again, I can see Brad Pitt. I'm trying to uh, see who the serious one would be. I don't think Edward Norton, man. Brad Pitt, I can see him being a charming guy. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I got. I really got to think back now. I'm going to think about that. Let's think. Let's, let's revisit it next week. What yeah, else yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So Hell's Paradise. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna put a few episodes in. I'm gonna let you know how it is. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's it. The alleys closed. <laughs> alleys never closed, <laughs> baby. <laughs> the alleys never closed, Rich. The lies you tell. <laughs> Jack, it's time for some news. It's time for the news. Guys, we have... A, it's it's not a, a heavy news week, but we got some news. Man, Bill Skarsgård will not be returning for the Pennywise prequel. We're getting a prequel series on HBO when he is not coming back to play it. Why? Because hmm. it's a, Cause he's a movie series. star. Yeah, but <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it different nowadays? Like, isn't it... The transition from TV to movie is... Well, not, it's but probably... commitment's not. Yeah, he probably like has films yeah. in the works, and he's not going to commit to shooting eight episodes. That that's also you got to imagine that role has got to be pretty emotionally draining. It's, it's so dark, you know. But now, and he's but now, so. How far back are we going with the with the prequel? Because if we're going to stick with probably. just Pennywise the clown, but because because that character itself is old, he was you know he's right. like been there since like the beginning of. I time. felt I like I, I read somewhere where he's picking up. But I don't remember. I don't know if it's him terrorizing well, they, they people. Touch, they touch on some of that in the last movie. Yeah. I don't know where I don't know if it's his origin. I don't know where they're picking it up from. But I think those are some huge shoes to fill, especially if this is a legitimate prequel to the movies. Not right. the book, but the movies. Then you kind of have to have his essence a bit. They might well, as well just I mean, say the book. But but uh, the the shoes that he was filling walking into making a, a a reboot of it was no smaller than whoever's walking in it. Those, you know. If it's a prequel, then they have to be sort of close to his version. If it's a prequel of his movies, right? At least the with a reboot, you can do your own duplicate. thing. Yeah, no, the mistake I think would be trying to do it. Do your own thing. You, you got to grab the essence of the character and and then find your truth to it. You right. can't do someone's thing you just it'll feel like a copy until it's yours you know it's interesting but if, they, if it takes place hundreds of years ago then it could be different it could be yeah. different yeah. um but that, that's kind of I mean, he killed it yo e3 2023 is not happening 
man. Why? It is can I don't know why exactly, but I know that pretty much every big video game developer pulled out of E3. That's crazy. Because bad. Well, nowadays you can do your the pandemic changed everything, guys. The pandemic said you can have a whole convention online. So Xbox is probably Microsoft is probably gonna do their own thing. And Sony's gonna do their own thing. So like they're probably gonna have their own showings and their own events. E3. Um, it kind of sucks for the fans, but yeah, no. Kind of sucks for Jack. Jack, didn't you? Aren't you actively? Weren't you actively making sets for it last year? Well, yeah. this was what I built for E3 2021 when the pandemic. This is a fifty. I'm showing the brothers. Uh, it's about a fifty foot spaceship that tilts up to twenty feet in the back. And what's interesting is the guy who designed this and we built it for a month ago. Text me and he goes. I'm so excited to tell you, Jack, E3 hit me up. We're building kind of, he, he he had this really, I mean, far out design. The guy is a visionary. Um, so I don't know what that means. He's going to be pretty depressed. I haven't heard that. But this was all for online content anyway, so it still might be happening. It still might be. Mm-hmm. Or, or if he was building it for Xbox, Microsoft might be doing their own thing. And if, like, all the stuff may be happening, just their own companies might be doing their own thing. Like a lot of times, like if you go to San Diego Comic-Con, unless it's a big thing lately, I feel like a lot of the Marvel stuff isn't, the presence is that strong because they do the Disney joint on their own. Yeah. They save it for that. And DC Fandom, that online right. thing, they're saving all their drops for that. So like now, if people aren't showing up, this was also going to be like, I think the first E3 since 2019, where it's like full on doors open, everybody going old school. So I don't know what the future looks, but it sucks for the fans. It sucks for the the, the, the builders. It sucks for the workers that would have worked that day as well, those those weeks. But yeah, man. Man. No E3. But um, Vin Diesel says, Fast X will say goodbye to Paul Walker's character. Uh, that moment in 2013, when the world was struggling with his loss, Paul Walker, the studio made a very bold, right and righteous and daring decision to keep Brian O'Connor alive. And I guess Vin Diesel said, I couldn't imagine this saga ending without truly saying goodbye to Brian O'Connor. But how do you do that? Are they going to have a CGI face on some actor trying to have Brother. a scene where we lose him? But why do we, we, we lost Paul. It was a wonderful goodbye to it Brian was. as he drove off into the distance. Like, why do we have to see Brian die on screen the story in any needed, capacity? The story needed to conclude. The problem having a Fast and the Furious movie that centered around two primary characters to have three, four sequels after that guy could no longer be in the movie was weird for all the characters that were tethered to the guy. And now they're bringing his wife back in. That's the thing. His wife being back in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm happy the actress is working, but the character should have been retired with him. Right. They're raising their child. They can't right. get involved in this yeah. anymore. That's what they said. Right. That's what they said. But she was coming back. So if she's coming back, then you're like, well, why isn't Brian? Brian's just, right. he would be That's back. when it stopped making sense, right? right. If they were going to commit to that choice that he's off being a, a loving father and husband, then you got to commit to that choice. But the second it wasn't, the second it wasn't that anymore is when you when it, that choice starts being hard to stomach. And I don't want to I don't want to see Brian die on screen. Like I don't need that as a no, watcher. Because we went through the reality of it and saw how they handled it and we're like tasteful. And the fact that he's not there, and even if it doesn't make sense as an audience, we get it. We give it a pass. Like we get it. 
We get it. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But would it be even worse if it happens off screen and we just hear about it? Both are worse. Just let, just don't just just let him be. Let yeah. Just let it go. Um, Netflix, yo, I'm happy about this. Netflix has announced that a Scott Pilgrim anime is coming with the voice cast from the actors yeah, of the really movie. Cool. Oh, yeah. I'll probably watch that. I love, that is, I love Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. And all of them are coming back. This is an all-star cast. We're talking freaking uh, Michael Cera, Chris Evans, uh, Brandon Ralph. You got freaking... Um, uh, Kieran Culkin, right? Kieran Culkin. You know, uh, that's... So many. Did we say that last time when we were trying to figure a, an anime that actually... I said that last time. Yeah, you said that. And you're right. And Netflix <laughs> stole my idea. <laughs> where do you, where, where, where do you think all these new subscribers came from? Netflix. I hear a lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's exciting. Sony is going to release a Spider-Verse short film in June. Okay. So we're going to get a little Spider-Verse before Spider-Verse, I guess. Well, you know, you know what makes sense about that is it's almost two two hours, 40-minute film, so they're not going to release all of it. <laughs> you might it's as funny. well give it to us. And it's only part one. That's the fun part about what's coming out. Uh, Jason Momoa says he absolutely thinks Aquaman will be involved in the DCU. He knows something. Um, well, he had a meeting at Warner Brothers like a couple months ago, and he walked out and he videotaped himself just laughing and excited as if they had, he said, like, Aquaman is staying. Aquaman 1 grossed a billion dollars in the box office, guys. And even if Aquaman 2 sucks, he is so charismatic, it's at least going to make $500 million, at minimum. You know, they could hmm. open up the whole cosmos and just let him be Lobo. Hey. He's already Lobo. Let's Kill off back. Aquaman and give us a Lobo series. And Listen, how many times have we seen the same act? I mean, how many superheroes does Ryan Reynolds play? You know? It's true. Like, we can let Jason Momoa can be two. Well, wait. The, usually the guys aren't within the same universe playing two different superheroes. That's not true either. Look at well, your list. How many of the same actors are in Marvel movies playing different roles? Let's think about it. Mm, let's go to Google. Let's think about it. Because Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern right in he Deadpool. Uh-huh. He was Marvel DC. Well, Marvel oh, DC. here, here's your answer. Um, Chris Evans plays Human yep. Torch and Captain America. So right there, you're off. To I the know, race. but like that was before no. the MCU, and they're like no. 12 years apart. You talking no. about like he let's have a look. <laughs> Rich, your boy Idris Elba played. He was in Ghost Rider and Thor. Uh, to think Idris Elba was in Ghost Rider. Yeah, he had a small role, and then he went and got oh. a small role in Thor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 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 Kenneth Choi, the guy who was in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, the Asian guy from Wolf of Wall Street. He right. was in Captain America, Agent Carter, and Spider-Man: Homecoming. <clears throat> Alfie Woodard. Wait, wait, no, no, no. They were supposed. To, those characters were supposed to be related, though. They're, 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 those are both MCU. There's a reason why he's playing them. Okay. Supposed to be like uh, it's great, great. All right, Anyways, well, it can happen. But usually, we don't have a leading actor in a franchise and that franchise, and in the same universe within a year or two, play another leading character within the same franchise. Yeah, but, but who says it can't happen? Yeah, and we've swapped out. Uh, I mean, look at what happened to. Um... Rhodes, Rhodey, you know? Well, that's, that, was, that was different. I'm just that saying, was... if you can swap an actor out and literally just swap him out, pretend like nothing happened, and if you can have Chris Evans play every other lead superhero, then 
you could certainly shift Momoa into the thing. Everyone's <laughs> just going, he didn't do anything. He really I will say, put anything. Momoa as Aquaman, though. You just made a lame character so cool. That's my thing. It's like Lobo's already cool. You don't need it. Like, don't waste Momoa's coolness on Lobo. Lobo's cool already. Sprinkle that on Aquaman. That's the main man right there. <laughs> Come on, baby. Vincent D'Onofrio assures fans Daredevil on Disney Plus will still be violent. He also said they're going to have a season two. He's speaking hey. a lot. He says, uh, all I can say is that if you look at the most brutal stuff that Marvel is doing, which is a few and far between, but it's there, it will be there for us too. Okay. No, come on. Listen, I'll say this. Is D'Onofrio the director? Is D'Onofrio one of the producers? Is he the showrunner? Then he just doesn't know. Well, maybe he's saying it because they shot it already. You don't know how it's going to clip together. Violence doesn't mean... John Wick was violent, but easy to watch. Daredevil season one was violent and sometimes hard to watch. Shooting somebody isn't a thing. It's it's when the body hits the floor, when you see the teeth fall when out of the, the mouth. Bodies hit the floor. Oh, when dang, the bodies hit the floor. Jack, don't get us copywritten. Shooting, shooting of, uh, of someone is a thing, Lawrence. You can't no, say it's not No, no, it's not. When John Wick, you lose count of how many people John Wick kills because they're all putty patrol. They don't matter. Yeah. But, it, but if you go into a gritty film where you see someone get shot and they're bleeding out, all of a sudden, although they're both violence... One is that Netflix Marvel violence, and one is like John Wick fighting the Putty Patrol violence. Both right, are but, violent, so he can say, "Yeah, we have the same amount of fight scenes. It's just as brutal, but it's like, you know, yeah, it's, not it's as interesting. much blood. There's not a hallway fight scene where he's fighting for his life, and you feel every punch. That's yeah, what makes it violent, not the actual yeah. fighting. It, well, it's more visceral, you know. It's funny because visceral. John Wick Four, the kill count on that movie is just off the charts, but John Wick One actually feels more visceral violent. Right. John Wick's body count in John Wick 4 does not feel as violent as it should be. You, but you, know, you don't feel like you watched 380 people die in two hours. <laughs> but you did. But you definitely did. You know, it's also we're desensitized to a thing. You know, we get desensitized to a thing. And our sensitivity towards Daredevil and Kingpin and D'Onofrio and Cox as those characters are Netflix desensitized. So now that we have Cox and D'Onofrio Chris, in Disney, Chris, go to bed. I'm just saying, I, I, I am this, I, I'm just saying that to be desensitized towards Cox is a problem. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Moving Why? on. You just can't put it in every content and think it's going to work. <laughs> I agree, Jack. You can't put Cox in every content. You can't help that it works. Uh, my sister's listening to this. I'm sorry, Jack. Uh, Liv Tyler uh, yeah. is returning to the MCU for Captain America 4. We haven't seen her since Hulk, uh, The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, especially She's since playing. the same character, yeah, Betty Ross. Edward Norton's Hulk is is in MCU continuity. They just yeah. got rid of. They just so she's playing Betty Ross, the actor that played her father passed away. So yeah. I I wonder because Sam Lane, I'm not Sam Lane. I'm General um, Thunderbolt Ross. He becomes Red Hulk in the comics. Yes, he yeah, does. yeah. But that's gonna be Harrison Ford. His Harrison, who's Harrison Isn't Ford it? playing? That official. Is oh, Harrison my. Ford took over the role? Oh, or he's my. playing some. I no, I've, I've seen up. some rumors though. Now, I've seen Harrison Ford's name pop up. I don't know if it's official. I mean, that'd be awesome. He'd be perfect for it. Uh, while somebody looks that up, they used their first poster of the Secret Invasion. The trailer is coming out tonight as we're speaking, actually. And yeah, I kind of see it there. It's like Sam Jackson's face, and one side is kind of a scroll. And Sam Jackson has went on record to say that its tone is a little bit more 
I think it's a little darker. You don't know who's, you know, what's what. But it's I'm tired it's of hearing Plus. this. It's Disney, uh, it's Disney Plus, and I feel like they're not. They're all about the status quo, man. And they're not about to tell us this whole time. Spider-Man isn't like, I feel like whoever they find out is a scroll is going to be a character that ultimately doesn't change anything that came before it. Well, we found out that Sam Jackson's character on Earth has been a scroll for most of the films. Right. But a character who cameos every now and then. I'm like, Sam Jackson's a huge presence, but it's not like we found out that Captain America has been since Avengers 1. Right. It's It'd like, be more like, uh, you know, Tony Stark. Yeah. But who knows? But doesn't change the it. content, man. I wish more of these characters were judged by the content of their character. <laughs> Zack yeah. Snyder is Hold coming on, out. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford has been confirmed. This was from a uh, uh, comic years. This was uh, October uh, 17, thousand twenty-two. It says no longer a story. Ford is joining the MCU. There you go. Doesn't and I'm this. reading. Uh, uh, what, uh, uh, it does say Thaddeus Ross. Okay. Yeah. Boom. Ooh, there, it there we go. Red Hulk. Yeah. But, you know, they're never really going to do it because Universal still kind of has a license to Hulk, which means they're only going to do so much Hulk without him just being a bit part or a cameo. Oh, it's a She-Hulk. They can, for some reason, do that. Anyways. Uh, SnyderCon. We're getting a SnyderCon, man. This was actually last week's news. I didn't say it. Uh, man of Steel, Batman Superman, and Zack Snyder Justice League. We'll all get like a director's cut. He's having a three-day charitable event called SnyderCon. Um, Warner Brothers, he's praising for letting him do it because they have to allow him to still Warner Brothers stuff. And uh, yeah, so all those Save the Snyderverse folks, like, yo, y'all can all go to SnyderCon together. (laughs) (laughs) They're so vocal. They're mad at everything. They're ready to like take a crap on anything DC makes until they bring Snyder back and restore the Snyderverse. I mean... I'm so torn on Zack Snyder. On we know, hand, Jack. <laughs> I, I think we can go to our first podcast episode. <laughs> ah, I just feel like he's a visionary. Like Zack Snyder is such an incredible visionary director. And the way he captures action and these stories, he's it's really incredible. But then he, on the other hand, he also had Superman watch his father get chewed, to, chewed up by a tornado. And so I'm like, I'm just so split on him. He's a great Elseworlds. He's great. I mean, his stories are great. They're just not. And then, like, what even his twelve-hour cut of Justice League was fantastic. Got that, yeah, it's fantastic. But then you you undercut some of those scenes by trying to cram Martian, Martian Manhunter in it. Well, that's because well, that that is. But also, Warner Brothers didn't let him use Green Lantern. It's supposed to be John Stewart. But John Stewart wouldn't have been a fake version of Superman's mom having a conversation with Lois. You know what I mean? Like that was one of the best scenes in the movie that suddenly became really awkward when you thought about the scene. Why are you a creep? Why are you a creep? (laughs) Wasn't like he was after Oreos. So it was like, I'm confused by that scene. I'm confused by those choices. And it goes back to, I sometimes question whether Zack Snyder understands the, has the empathy to understand the, the moral compass of these characters. Like Martian Manhunter wasn't doing that. No, but uh, his, 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 his choice for him to do that wasn't making him creepy. That was his way of helping Lois. No, it wasn't, but it, but it might've not been his choice, but it might've been the result. Fair, mm, okay. fair. I mean, <laughs> we no. hit our Snyder quota for this month. Uh, 
Well, that's all the news, man. That was the news. Chris, stop laughing. I'm not laughing. <laughs> He's not doing anything. Rich. What up? Stop laughing. Pull your pants up for crying out loud. It's time for the Let's get ready to go. Now, Jack shot me this question. Because I'm already going to have flags on my answer. In Old Man Logan, the villains won and took over the world. And honestly, they kind of let everything go to pot. If you had to choose four villains to divide the rule of the world, who would you put in charge and how would you divide the world between them? Keep in mind, you'd have to live under their rule. Can I go first? Uh, go ahead. Sure. I'm going to go, go first. Go I'm breaking all the rules. I'm sorry, Jack. I'm breaking the rules. I'm only choosing one villain. I only want one villain. Just one to live under. Just no, one. that's too easy. Just one. No, Just one. The, whole, the whole conflict is picking four that are going to stay... They're not because they're villains. They're going to destroy everything eventually. Right. I feel like they'll be fighting each other or something. And I, and I, and I don't want to live under villains. Okay. Who's your villain? My villain? Yeah. Killmonger. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. And I will live <laughs> under his rule. And, and I'm, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, though. If you had to put three oh, other villains in the pot... I had to put three other villains in the pot. How do you how do you f- try to keep the world from exploding? Well, Killmonger <laughs> would get like a huge percentage, of them. and then all the mutants in the world can go live over here. They're like Magneto, you can rule that spot. That's you. Keep these people, keep them safe. Let's just segregate the whole, whole world. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Because honestly. Killmonger's all I need. I mean, who right, else? So you, got Mag- you got Magneto. Where'd you put Magneto? You put him in like Russia? I don't know if it matters where he is because wherever they go is going to change the culture of in the entire space. People are so, going to flock so here. So in your flee. scenario, you're, you're putting all mutants in some sort of concentration camp setting just long enough for you to migrate them to where you say they can live with Magneto. And you wow. think no, that's what I'm saying is Killmonger is going to rule the world. And if you ain't, you might want to leave anyway. <laughs> you, you might want to leave wherever this area is anyway. That's that's how it is, right? When one move into the neighborhood, there's no more. Yeah, like oh, there goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood, and that that yeah, I'm gonna lose this debate, but I only got one answer. Well, you're losing the debate because you're not playing it. Kilma. Jack, you did this two weeks ago when I asked you who could be their sidekicks. You chose a 38-year-old man to be Batman's sidekick. I'm allowed to yeah, lose this today. Yeah, I was way underprepared for that one. You got me on that. All right, so you'll take your L. Taking my L. Lawrence. But I'm but I'm living I'm I'll live peacefully under Killmonger's reign. Thank you very much. Oh man. I'll go. One word, infrastructure. Doctor Doom knows how to run a knows how to run a country. Uh, Darth Vader knows how to run an empire. It's true. The people. Wait, I'm sorry. We can what? we can just pick any villain. I thought we were supposed to pick villains out of Old Man Logan. No, no, no. Any no. villains. Any villain. Oh, okay. Any villain. Any villain. Killmonger's not in Old Man Logan. Yeah. Number three, dinosaurs from Invincible. And then and then Hans Gruber, He's right? Ruling. He wants what? to destroy the whole world. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Dinosaurs nuked Las Vegas. Just to make a solar array so that everyone had clean power. Infrastructure, baby. I'll be living good. Like, look, as long as I'm not opposing the government, I'm just minding my business. Kind of like what's going on now. Yeah, I'll be fine. So dinosaurs, Darth Vader, and Dr. Doom are all just going to 
peacefully just Well, where are you putting them? You got one more. Yeah, I got one more. And then I was going to put like post-snap Thanos because he'd be malevolent after he killed half the population. Well, he didn't want to do anything but sit in a shed. Better for me. I'm, I'm, I'm just minding my Unless business. you got snapped. Well, well which case, why would you care? Survive. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Better Where are you putting them? I don't know. Different continents. <laughs> All over the place. I don't know. Dinosaurs. <laughs> I would have I would have I would have dinosaurs here in the States. I would put Thanos somewhere in Asia. Um I'd put Doctor Doom in Europe. And then I would put uh uh I don't know. I, and then, then Darth Vader will be up in space. So I'm sorry, I maybe I'm not understanding the question. So these guys who all want to rule the world yeah. are gonna be down to like have a couple countries. No, that's the question. You got to put four of them together to but rule the planet. That's not going to work. It's that's not like really saying, Lawrence, bake a cake using gunpowder and meat. I'm like, they don't mix. <laughs> I can't. It's not going to work. A cake? That's interesting. That's how this question reads to me. I mean, it's that might like, be dynamite, though. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be dynamite. Darth Vader's not going to be like, I'm going to partially rule the world and Thanos is like I'm gonna partially rule they want to rule the whole world look all I know is they're all gonna have infrastructures no matter what I'll have power I'll have water I'll have health care I'll have everything I need till I get blown up so I'll be good but like they want to rule the world and the world already has infrastructure so the infrastructure they they they're still gonna want to conquer the area they're not in because that's what they do yeah, they're not gonna bother me yes are you not on earth yeah, but I'm just I'm. I'm you just, are the I'm casualty, good. Chris. I love how Lawrence, who refused to play the game, because it doesn't make you got to make it make sense to me. It makes sense, but how, look, how under, are, under the Imperial, well, here's what doesn't, doesn't make sense. Your super Wait, here's the like, best part, and then Chris goes, and Darth Vader can be in space. <laughs> like, it wasn't even the question. <laughs> look, how dare you argue these facts that I made up? Listen, right, right. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out how y'all living in peace. Jack, I can't wait. Create Rich, you can go. I might I might drum up some answers by the time y'all are done. So I can there really play. is no peace. Um, I just picked some of old and I, I maybe I just misunderstood the question. I thought it was just old man Logan's villains. So I went up and had to look up who is still alive for old man Logan. Um, pretty much my choices I was given out of ten didn't give me much to work with, but I made it work. Uh, so show, I'm sorry, so high, show high, so high. Some, some. That's he's the leader of the Silent Order. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be in Japan. Gorgon is also going to be in Japan, and uh, Lady Deathstrike. They're going to rule Japan, right? Just get. I, I know that's three. So they're just they're one. They're one set of villains. Just ruling Japan. Mm-hmm. Keep them over there. Maybe skirting out into different parts of the world to take care of other things. You know, like Japan does. They they kind of outreach. Um, then we're gonna have the Hulk gang. If we all know who the Hulk gang is, they're a bunch of inbred um Hulks, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> they're ruling. Exactly right. <laughs> they're ruling the South <laughs> of America. The, dirty, dirty. the deep South of America. Just kind of where they are in the comics. They're like. <laughs> so, <laughs> California. So from like, know, like just getting to like Vegas or like Nevada to like I don't know, maybe like Georgia or so. They're like in that area there. They they don't both go up too far or too low, right? So they're 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 ruling there, doing just whatever it is they do. Um, Bullseye. He's uh, giving Bullseye on. lead. <laughs> 
I'm gonna give Bullseye a little bit of lead, right? He's he's gonna be more of the I know he's a hitman. I'm gonna give him more of like a mafioso type uh type status, right? He's a he's a kingpin boss man, right? So he's in th- some of the, the the prime areas, you know, New York, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you got him in you got him in Vegas. You got him in uh the parts of California, right? <laughs> just just ruling over yeah. the families. That's you know? specific placement. The very very specific <laughs> placements. Yes. <laughs> What, what am I on? I'm on three? Yeah, you're three. Eight. You're on eight. You have a whole Hulk game. You have four people running Japan. Gang, gang. Uh. <laughs> you got Mysterio, right? He's doing, he's running parlor tricks. And uh, he has, he's a headliner done. show in Vegas. You're done, Rich. He's, he just. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, we're making a mockery out of you today. <laughs> okay, no, we we're, we're not. I'm done. just wondering how this is this is gonna then, be coherent. You, got, you have some, you have a you have a mysterious malevolent force just in the background. He's like the um what would you call him? Uh he's the uh he's the Illuminati, if you will, you know? Uh Mysterio. I'm sorry, M- Maestro, sorry. Rich, four villains. It don't matter. You did all of them. Listen, I just listened to all of y'all talk <laughs> except for Jack. You ain't about to you ain't about to poke holes in my fictional facts, okay? <laughs> Don't Chris is a bad influence on you. Uh, baby. That's it. Okay. All right, Jack, show us how it's done. Yeah. All right. So I think the idea is you want the the plan to work, right? You want to how do you make the world a livable place and a better place by holding the villains accountable? I think so. I would first off, I'd divide the world. We're looking at a world map. Yeah, I'd cut it straight down the middle this way and straight across that way. So Africa's basically quartered exactly. And so on some continent, everyone has to learn to work together. Right, because they're all kind of responsible, so they can't just be separated by water. Because that's the world we live in right now, and we're all warring with each other. Of course, we war where we share borders too. And the top quadrant, uh, the section that has America, I'd put Lex Luthor, because okay. Luthor identifies as an American specifically. And what's funny about him as a villain is without Superman, he's actually could be a hero. He he could make that he could make things better. You. Strongly disagree with you. But. Listen, he is a villain. There's no mistake. But he's also he also has the potential for good. And he just wants power. So he has the potential to govern a nation of people well, I think. Um on Russia and China on that side, I would give it to Talia Al Ghul. Because she's a little younger and hipper than her father. think a little estrogen in the mix might be nice. And she has leadership qualities. So I th- Isn't her whole thing about purging authority and destroying empires? So she would right. like literally try to sh- destroy everything Luther's but made. But now she's at side. the head of the thing. No, she's at the head of her corner of her globe. But, well, she's not but the they're head all of- sharing this earth now. And they're all quartered there together. But she wouldn't be sharing because she would want to overthrow everyone else and purge them, purge maybe, their maybe modern. Not. That's kind of Talia's thing. Well, it's kind of her father's <laughs> yeah. thing. It's Talia's thing. All right, fine. Then I get rid of her. I put Emma Frost up there because Emma, who's also a villain, <laughs> has a potential for good, and in some cases, ends up being a pretty good leader. So you're right. Talia's a bad, 
a bad suggestion. I, I agree with you, Lawrence. So I put Emma Frost in that top quadrant, and that gives her some of uh, Europe. It gives her some of Russia, and that's a nice chunk of land for her to play with. On the bottom quadrant, which would have um, what what like Indonesia, uh, Australia, large chunk of Antarctica, obviously some of Africa still, I give that to Dr. Doom. Because Dr. Doom also has the capacity for good, and he's super intelligent, and he and he's wants to rule and govern, and so he's and he hell, provides infrastructure. Hell Key no! Infrastructure. Don't yeah. make Doctor Doom rule Africa. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yes. On the other half, I'm giving it to Killmonger. Be like Emma, I got these slaves, man. Well, I don't think, well, Doom ain't trying to Doom ain't trying to enslave. He's trying to rule and govern, but he ain't trying to enslave. Subjugate, right? and liberate. I I think any of these villains will use any people to keep rise and dominate. So whoever they're ruling over are subject to all of the horror. Well, it's the nature. Horrible. It's the nature of of putting a villain in power. Right. The, but, I mean, but they'll get stuff done. Yeah, but here's that, the difference: that. these villains all wanted power, and so what I'm doing is I'm giving them power. So now I'm trying to choose a group of four that can be responsible for the power that they they now have. This is what you wanted. Now you got it. What are you going to do with it? Right? No one wants to be at the helm of you know. It's not like I'm putting Darkseed at the helm of it. Who's gonna? terraform the earth and turn it into his war war world it's not thanos who wants to snap half of existence out of the way right it's not I mean, dark side is that's that's leadership ain't it? it is but leadership. i also have to like, live in here is good leadership but yeah i think <laughs> the world has natural resources and the world's not equal so eventually you're going to want something from over there. And once that yeah, barter system. I'm not saying they don't have to learn how to coexist. They have to. I'm saying there's going to be war. Destined to war. Destined. And because well, and, and that's the thing about this question is there there is no peace or harmony. Yeah. There will eventually be war and all a bunch of civilian casualties because villains can't be in power. Maybe one. What? Maybe one can. <laughs> There's gonna be civilians trying to get over to one of the either side. They're gonna be like, "Yo, you've been you've been over to oh, to, to, to to Doom side of Africa, man. He got he got them <laughs> flying them flying things over there. I need, I need to go over there." Listen, I'm not saying tell you the world wouldn't be chopped off in a way where you couldn't still travel. That's not the idea of what I'm trying to create, right? The idea is to put people who want to control the world because they're villains and they, they're seeking power in a position where now you just have to be responsible for the thing you want in the first place. So, boom, here you go. Make it work. So the goal now is- we know that we know that you don't have to be a villain to want a war. Right. Look at the way the world is right now. Not to get political with things, but power, resources, people just want more and more and more. It's like how many bananas can a monkey have but they still want the banana that's in that monkey's hand and i don't know too much about emma frost but as far as the others you chose people who at the end of the day want absolute power and absolute power isn't divided power it's absolute so eventually they're going to want eventually lex luther's corner of the corner of the earth is not going to be enough for him it might that might that you may be right but here's what here's the way i'm thinking having traveled the earth a little bit to some degree the thing is so massive 
if you gave all power to one person, they couldn't govern the whole thing anyways. They would have to start divvying it up. You just can't. But you can't. They wouldn't, they wouldn't divvy it up to people who want the exact same thing that they want. They they would divvy up to people who were, who yeah, were under their reign. So that's why I'm trying to pick four that I think could have the capacity to have an intelligent conversation. Right? I, I think, okay, now I'm going to give my real answers because now I got an understanding of it. I think the four you choose have to want completely different things. So I would choose Killmonger. I'd choose Poison Ivy. I'd choose Magneto. I choose people who want things that don't necessarily have to like Poison Ivy. Here's your section of the earth. All the green, all the green. No one will touch your precious green. Magneto, the mutants are safe here. No one better cross this line. Mutant is a safe haven for mutants. Killmonger this is a safe haven for black people. And the fourth person, I got to think, would, it would be that. It would be like, it's not, ab- these people don't want absolute power. They want what they but love. To you be are protected. segregating your plan. That is the only way. Segregation. Separate but equal. It works. Is the only way, Jack. <laughs> I mean, is the what, only way. What you're saying is that be- the regular people are still freely able to go across borders. So. Why not? Like you know, but, the, wanna... but now mutants don't have rights. They have to be over no, with No, they have rights, but this can they is, travel if they want to? But you're not Dude, protected no out there. So you, so you're giving Brazil to Poison Ivy because it's already got a lot of. I'm plants. giving no. I'm giving. I'm split. I'll split it the same way you did. This is your section. Go and grow. But here's the thing: you have to segregate the earth with super villains. You can't say it's an open world. Here are four people that want absolute power and they're going to work in harmony. No, that's not going to work. They almost have to have supreme jurisdiction over this corner and you get everything you want here. And the people that I chose don't want power. They don't want power. They want protection of their people. There's going to be some clashes. Well, here's what's funny. Old Man Logan being the reference point, right? And I know you haven't read the comic. What's interesting is, for example, uh, Red Skull. They divide pretty much America, right? Hulk gets this section. Whoever gets that section. Red Skull gets his section. Doom got his section. And um, the villains won. But Red Skull pretty much took the D.C. area. He took the White House. He took that chunk. But America alone is such a giant landmass. wasn't like he was competing for power. He had the power. He yeah, wanted the White House. He didn't need everything. You said there's a Hulk gang. So it's like, yeah, if you're going to divide the earth between the sons of anarchy, but if you're talking about like dictators with power and outreach, like the globe is very small to a guy like Les Luthor. Mm-hmm. It's not that big to that. It's massive to Mysterio. <laughs> That's why he's just in Vegas, Rich. <laughs> you know? But, like, depending on how, how powerful, like, Raz al Ghul, Talia al Ghul, the earth is big to them. It's like chess. They're looking at the chessboard. It's very small with that kind of power. So my thing is, for me, it's choosing villains who don't want absolute power. They want to keep what they believe safe. You want to keep black people safe, Killmonger. You want to keep the plant safe, Poison Ivy. Magneto, you want to keep the mutants safe. You guys all want safety for your people, but well, you can create that in this earth and no one will cross these lines. Right. So then you're going to give Antarctica to Mr. Freeze and call it a day. No, because Mr. Freeze will do anything to get his wife out of stasis. He is not someone I put in power. He will overthrow governments just to get his wife to wake up from a coma. Absolutely not. 
Well, so I, I win. <laughs> you didn't win. You haven't even chose four characters. I gave you three, but my fourth one is me. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Wanting to segregate things. Listen, man. You call it segregation. I call it. No, you liberation. call it. That's what you called it. No, you said segregation. You said the mutants are safe here. You want to segregate things? Well, what do you? Yeah, I mean, I call it safe haven. I right. call it a safe haven. I call it blood haven. Whatever. My earth lasts longer than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I have less civilian casualties on mine than yours. Call this a wash. Let's keep it pushing. Let's keep it a wash. <laughs> Rich wins. This is birthday. Happy Let's, birthday, Rich. Happy birthday, Rich. Congratulations. That's what we got for you. Mysterio in Vegas. Mysterio oh, yeah. doing parlor tricks. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get to the reason why we're here. Why are we here? <laughs> I don't know, Jay. Oh, we love each other. It's, going on. it's time for the main event. Today, we're doing something different today, guys. Today, we're going to talk about geek culture, man. We're going to have a conversation about what it is it. What is it to be a geek? What is geek culture? It, does it matter? Is it positive? Is it negative? What do we think? So I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions. And let's answer this bad boy. Let's do so, it. So, geek culture, yeah. man. What is it? It's like uh, geek culture is it's Comic Con, it's E3, it's it's all these, you know, it's comic books, it's movies, it's video games, it's it's fantasy, it's it's living fantasy, trying to bring a little bit of fantasy to reality, and you know, arguing, spending. Two hours every weekend talking about made up made facts. up imaginary facts made up imaginary facts passionately getting heated at each other because you know Lars wants to do one thing with one hero and another one another person wants to do nothing with another hero. Why but... you bring me up? You want to? You're always wrong and I'm always right. Oh, hey. But what, but what I'm saying is that the fact that you know you have these things that are you know clearly made up, they're stories, but you identify with them so strongly that we can have something that we've been doing for two years. This Discussing something that we all love so much for two years. I mean, that's really the culture, right? Something that's made up that's fake that became very real to us. Mm. Rich, what you know, man? Geek culture to you. Uh, geek culture is uh, it's kind of an escape from reality. Uh, depending on how you look at it, everyone has depending on, depending on what you look how you look at it. Geek culture could be anywhere from you know comic books, movies. Uh, playing cards, video games to I would even say cars. Like you can be a geek about cars. You can geek mm -hmm. out over cars and and uh you know auto mechanics and stuff like that. And like you really think about it when you do these things, you do these hobbies, if you will, you know, you, you kinda escape from like your everyday life. Like you go into that garage and nothing else exists except for getting that whatever it is you need to get fixed fixed. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you go, you know, you turn on your Xbox and you just zone out for like two hours in a whole nother world whether you in call of duty or you're playing final fantasy or you know monster hunter you know you sit down you read your comic for however long you do it and just in engross yourself in that world you know watching movies also and uh or even like like fan like fandom art like people sit there and like make their own stuff and then you know people will go there and to to to, to consume that and kind of lose themselves in that like oh man look what you can do if you have just like a little bit of money or whatever the case may be, like it's just it's it's an escape for me. Yeah, 
It's everything that you guys said for me. I'll add in, I think it's also community. And I think that's what you're saying, Chris, us all getting here and talking. But for me, it's even bigger. It's like when you're walking down the street and you see that person in a Superman t-shirt, you just know they they know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they know. It's like, that's I see true. you. That's you go true. to you go to Comic-Con and you just see all these people in costumes and stuff. And you just feel at home with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. It's like the culture part of the geek thing is it's all about community. You know, Rich, you get on and you game and you talking to strangers if you're online. But you guys are all invested in this thing. You know, you kind of you build this community around it. And I love it. I love when I'm at the gym and I see somebody, Batman, Superman, or Spider-Man or whatever comic book T-shirt. And if I'm wearing one, it's got each other to nod. Like, yeah. you know what's up? You yeah. know what it is. It's true. <laughs> you know it's what true. it is. And um, my son, um, he has a friend in school and they had a play date. And this office is like head to toe in toys. It's like your, your places. And to an outsider, it's like, this is a little embarrassing. This is a little strange. <laughs> so the play day came over. His dad was over. He's going to use the bathroom. I said, you can use the one in the office. Don't mind the toys. <laughs> he came out and he was like, oh, I have a massive Hot Toys collection. It's a problem. There you go. And we've been talking comics and video games ever since. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's community. You know, that's how we got to know each other. Lawrence and I were kind of like. You know, on separate sides from what we didn't have anything against each other. We just had nothing to necessarily say other than the fact we're in class together and we're headed to New York one time to go pick up acting books. And we just happened to be sitting next to each other. And he had some sort of geeky ass Superman thing. And I was just a conversation. (laughs) And 20 years later, we're still best friends, you know? So it's like, it is, it's really, it's a, it's the community. It's the meeting a stranger and instantly having some sort of connection point. You Dude, know, I love going to the comic book store and just I'll be in there just talking. Yeah. So like, like, you know, and and I feel like for, for you, millennials, class Gen Z's who are like getting into it now. When me and Jack was on that subway, it was not cool. Like superhero movies were not mm. dominating the box office. It wasn't yeah. like you were walking around talking about Superman and you were part of the top part of pop culture. Right. <laughs> you know, so so now it's cool to be a geek, but there was a time where it wasn't. So it's nice mm-hmm. that it's we're true. all out and about, man. Um, next question. Well, you guys kind of already answered this. I think we answered it. It was why it's important. And I think we kind of answered it to a degree. Whether it's escapism, community, uh, finding something that we enjoy, bond over. Well, but there's also, you know, the reason I, I thought, I think the reason I gravitated towards Superman is, what he stood for in comic books, especially in the when I was consuming the comic books, was this ideal idea of trying to do the right thing, right? Like there was something and now everything's darker and content creators are promising it will be darker. And I'm like, back then it didn't have to be darker. The struggle was trying to do the right thing. Right. Mm. Didn't mean you did the right thing. Didn't mean you didn't fail, but you were striving for this thing. Um, And so for me, I think I learned, you know, I have good parents, too, that taught me values and morals and stuff like that. But I think also that stuff I was consuming was also teach was let me pick the ones I wanted to emulate on some level. I wanted to emulate a heroic outpoint in life where just like Rescue Rangers, there was no thing too small where you didn't you still couldn't try to do good in that equation mm. it's, it's you know? interesting you say that i've been watching this youtube channel and it just breaks down like all these cartoons and stuff and their their nucleuses and i didn't realize a lot of the things we love started around when we were born 
like the 80s opened the door to all of this stuff for yeah. like before the 80s and the 70s you didn't have the cartoons like that and so when I, when he's breaking it down in the 80s with he-man and all this stuff and the there was such a standards and practices that it, it wasn't by accident that these heroes had to almost say eat your vitamins say your prayers yeah. and be pillars of good it's almost like they had to be that they way because of standards and practices in this country so mm-hmm. now that things are getting darker and more edgy i wonder that might have been the way it would have been had you not had well if you're going to sell these toys and be at this two o'clock time slot you have to end he-man with well you know kids today and i yeah, feel like that's, it's it, but that's you know th- there's irony in that too because you look at the content we were consuming as kids yes gi joe's there was always a moral, right? Knowing is half the battle. The other half is kill you know, what, what you do with it. <laughs> kill it. <laughs> right, very good. Thanks, Chris. And, but, but there were also the content was dark. You know, you look at dinosaurs, the dinosaurs, spoiler, they die. Reboot. They die. Like the, some of the, the themes in these shows we were consuming as kids were dark. And I just watched the reboot thing about how many, like the network canceled them like three times and fought them with how dark they wanted to be. So I guess my question is, I feel the same way you feel about these, these things having such a strong moral compass, but I wonder how much of that was its original creation. How much was it the standards and practices forcing these things to be so black and white, especially like Ninja Turtles couldn't use their weapons in the cartoon. I guess, well, here's, here's interesting. It's like, um, we're talking about geek culture. Right. And I think the culture part is the community part, in which case, you know, Rich, I think you said you can geek out on anything. You can geek out on car, but that would be car culture. I think geek culture to me, my understanding of it is more Dungeons and Dragons, comic books. It's it is more of this fantasy Uh, thing. Right. I think now for me, geek is anyone who has. A supreme interest in one thing. So when, I, so when I see Shay and her band friends talk about music, yes, they're geeks. That's geek. You guys are yeah, band yeah. geeks. But is it? But it is it geek culture? Like what? What is geek culture? Is the nature of some of this question, right? Well, specifically as as it relates to us. So then it would be as it relates to us, because because I you can be a car geek. Like no one needs to know how many pistons is in X, Y, and Z, but you do. And your friends like, did you see the new like I don't care about that stuff, but you do. And you geek out over it and you can't wait to see it. And you can stare at the picture forever. Like that's they're geeks. Right. They're geeks, but that would be, I think, car culture. Semantics. Okay. No, but you know, you, you do see the same carryover. Um the same passion you see in, you know, comic and stuff like that. You see the same thing. I think it's it's the same vein, the same love. It's just a different topic. Intense because, fandom. It's yeah, it's fandom, fandom. Because, you know, I, I'm into more than just this. And I see the same similarities. Car culture, Rich, you too, you see it. The same yeah. way people get crazy about one specific model, one specific engine, one specific thing. The same way people get crazy about Batman. The same way people get crazy about... You know, Superman, it's the same thing. It's just mm-hmm. that, right. you know, once you find a love for something, you hold on to it and want to consume as much content that's, around that's, that topic. That's it. Can. It's a shared love of a thing, right? Yeah. I just Instatic. think geek culture, the way it's used towards comics and toys, that's all, like that term of geek has been in the negative. 
cool to like superheroes. It's always been cool to like cars. It's always been cool to like certain things. But now that it's cool to like the things that we enjoy as far as this podcast is concerned, now we can say geek proudly. Before you couldn't say you're a mm-hmm. car geek. That that no, I'm, cars are cool. Geeks aren't cool. Now geeks are right. cool. So now yeah, it's cool to put geeks. Or at least accepted. Kind of. I mean, geeks are cool, it's man. When you got freaking, when you got uh, what's this? Kendrick Lamar doing the freaking soundtrack, the Spider Verse. Geeks is cool. Yeah. <laughs> geeks yeah. is cool now. It's true. No, it's true. Michael B. It's Jordan true. directing all his boxing scenes off of anime. We out here. Well, yeah. We infiltrated all the structure. Well, even John Wick, they they broke down. I was watching. Uh, the director was talking about the scene. The part of the movie I thought was the coolest was this. Oh yeah, the video game shot. joint. Yeah, that he was, said it was straight, straight inspired by a video game. Come on, man. yeah. Oh yeah, like Dungeon Dragon. I went when I went to go see John Wick. Like Dun- Dungeon Dragons is out, and there were people dressed up as like mages and freaking rogues Dude. and whatnot. That's what I out? never got into. Oh yeah, I, I could have not unless it was just a whole group that was out just dressed as the, as that nah. just to watch any movie. They were, there, they were there for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I, I almost want to get into it now because I heard uh, a, a dude that uh, kind of teaches my son. He was like, man, for my birthday, we did a 12-hour Dungeons and Dragons game. And he's like, it was dope. And I'm like, to lose yourself in something for 12 yeah. hours and it'd be I dope? I used to be in the Dungeons and Dragons. I used to play that by myself. You didn't tell me! I used Rich. to play it by myself. I used to play Rage and like my own little stories by That's myself. I'm gonna come outside. I'd be like, Rich, you wanna come outside? No. Nope. I was like, under the shame of anyone finding out, I was gonna get ridiculed. I'm like, nah, I'll just play it. I'll just, I'll just, yeah. And my, now my we got world. freaking blockbuster movies coming out about exactly. it. Exactly. And yo, the crazy part about those, those those group of people, yo, they're all black. Like, you would never see this back in the day growing up. Never. They were That's all a big thing black. Too. And I'm just like, that is great. Never. Yeah. You guys seen this chart? No. no. So this chart breaks down the uh, components of what it is to be a geek, a nerd, a dork, and a dweeb. <laughs> I, I know what a nerd is. I don't know what, how they classify I'm not a nerd. Nerds are smart. <laughs> yeah, nerds are smart. <laughs> it's from a... <laughs> no, but that's how I categorize it. I'm like, you're a nerd. I'm like, no, no, no. Nerds. So so the, the categories that go into these are intelligence... Obsession okay. and social ineptitude. <clears throat> so a dweeb is intelligent but socially inept. A dork is obsessed with something and socially inept. A nerd is intelligent, socially inept, and obsessed. A geek is intelligent and obsessed. So so I would agree that with that. I don't I, think a geek I, could, I don't I never looked at a geek as being intelligent. He could be. But think I, about it. How much do nah, you, you spit if you're a car if you're a car geek, you're spitting all this information yeah. about but the like, thing you're but you like have nerds have high IQs. Like they're not just yes, smart but about nerds, their passion. But nerds are also typically a little awkward. That's the yeah. socially inept part, right? So you're a, a nerd is highly intelligent, obsessed with that thing, but often a little awkward. Right. Geek geeks are um very outgoing often. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah so the, they're the ones making not... all these movies. They're the they're the actors are geeks. Exactly. So I so I, so this that that is part of the geekdom, right? You have this authority over the subject matter that you're 
obsessed about. But you want to share it. You want to yes. share it. It's, it's a communal thing. To, to, to be socially inept in a geek is you're missing part of what makes being a geek fun is being able to communicate your thoughts and debate and the stand community. outside of a movie theater and talk right. about why Batman v Superman was good or bad. Like, if you can't have the conversation, then it was lame to go to the movies with you. I'll tell you what's bad about it. Geek culture oh. for me. Oh, that is one of the questions. What what is there a negative to, to geek culture? Yes, mm. financial negative. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is a financial true. negative, and there's, there's, there's still. I mean, depending on where you live at, there might be still depending on what, where you live at and what you're into. There might still be like somewhat of a social uh, uh, stand, stigma. Uh, negative stigma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like Absolutely. I said, just like for me growing up, like now I would I would love to grow up now. Oh, I mean, rich. to a degree, but what? back in the like I said, back in the day, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons by myself, right? Even you with grew the up in a white neighborhood, Chris, you ain't have to hide. Like <laughs> you, you go still cool to play Magic the Gathering? No, it's it's still not. Is it cool now? No, I mean I, it's probably still not cool, but I still play. You know, it might not be cool, but it is enjoyable, right? Is. That's the thing. What here's what happened. It was not cool until people started drinking the Kool-Aid and they realized just how good it was. And now geek culture is fun. Magic the Gathering is as geeky as it gets until you start playing it. And then you're, oh, it's fun. The movies is what made everyone have a little sip of what we got. Because there's nothing geeky about Tim Burton's Batman when it came out. Like everybody, I mean, it dominated the box office. Same thing with Spider-Man, Sam Raimi. It's like, it defied the space it was supposed to play in and, and, and changed the whole game. And everybody's about Batman. Everybody's about Spider-Man. Um, I'll say for me, a negative to geek culture is toxic fandom. And the mm. fact that we have social media, it's like, if you don't like a thing, oh. not because you don't like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Write a review about it. I don't care. But it's one of those things where you take so much ownership of the thing mm. that you hate it to the point where you'll review bomb it. So mm-hmm. it looks bad on Rotten Tomatoes or it looks bad on IMDb. Like, even if I hate a thing, I don't have the energy to get all my friends together, get you guys together. Let's all put one on IMDb to make this movie look bad. Like, yeah. That's a level of yeah, the that's fandom that's like, dude, it's like, that's, come on. Yeah. That toxic. That's funny you said it like that, too. Toxic fandom, because it really is. You it's, know, like it's like the, the Save the Snyderverse folks aren't just Save the Snyderverse. They're also like, we're not going to watch anything else DC anti- comes out with else. until they fix it. So it's like, you're going to destroy all these people's careers and jobs and possible dope movies. Because no, but they're going to make us think about it. They're not yeah, that yeah. strong. The numbers aren't actually that big anyway. They're not, but it starts to add something into the conversation. It's not enjoyable. The point of all this, like Rich said, is to escape, is to, for it to be fun. Yeah, right. now, like, now, now you're heading into like the realm of like political BS. Like you know, yeah. like, like I don't, don't want to yeah. deal with that. Like I want, I wanted to sit here and just zone out on playing video games. You want to come along with me? Let's go. Yeah, and then you get like The Last of Us. Um, Ellie was always gay. She's always gay. They didn't make her gay in the show. She was always gay. And then and the, the 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 mall part of the game is like a it was a side uh, game where you can play. And she was always gay. And now in the show, there's all these people that are just hating on it. It's so woke. It's so this. And it's like, she was always this. But even if they wanted to change it, even if they wanted to do a freaking Frank Enville episode that was wonderful, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Right. But like, mm-hmm. why is it you don't like it and now you have to like have a whole oh, dissertation and then and then rally and then try to because you got change the rating on it. You got too much time on your hands. That's why. 
Dude, and that's why when you see freaking Rotten Tomatoes, those movies that were under this, when the audience score is all the way one way and the critic score is all the way another way, it's like, what happened here? But Rotten Tomatoes, you know, it's funny thing about Rotten Tomatoes. I remember 10 years ago when Rotten Tomatoes was kind of just becoming a thing, it was actually becoming a thing because it it was really good at reflecting the actual quality of the content. Now, Rotten Tomatoes feels like everything else it's kind of it's so polarized by um, yeah it's like it, it feels political it's like some of these movies that are just not that good get high scores because of what it is in the industry and then there are other things that get high scores simply because it's like this avant-garde thing and i'm like it feels so it, it is not as what's the word reliable as it was when it first was no no but people use these as tools. So I would say that's a negative aspect. Um, why are superheroes important and healthy to society? Or are they? Well, like I said, you know, I think as a kid growing up, I identified with a lot of what was positive morals on some level. I had, like I said, not bad parents as far as learning morals went. But I think those things were reflected in the content I was consuming. G.I. Joe's, uh, Superman trying to do good. I think the the balance might be when it goes too far, you know, if mm. you lose yourself and you start losing sense of what reality, and, I think any obsession can go too far. I mean, I think that falls back into the, the toxic fandom, right? I mean, we've all been to Comic-Con. We've all seen the people who take it too far, you know, a little bit too much when it comes to it. And I don't know. I just think, <clears throat> I think it's positive. It's been positive for me. Like, you know, you lift thinking like, you know, this is what Batman does, right? When you're in the gym, you say stuff to hype, to, to, to you know, to pump right. yourself up. And but you know, you still have that division. Like you know, you know, it's not real, but you still use it as you know, some kind of like fantasy motivation to to try and do stuff. And it's it's fun to to fantasize. It's fun to escape. It's fun to give yourself that escape for a little bit, whether it's just even in your mind thinking about stuff or reading or watching or whatever. And it's it's healthy for you to do that. But um, yeah, so honestly, it's. I would love to have somebody on that was born in the uh, late 80s or 90s because for us, we're talking from 80, we're 80s babies. And our first entry point was, you know, Adam West, Batman. It was Superman. It was He-Man, G.I. Joe, all those things. But like their kids who grew up with Spawn was their entry point. Yeah. <laughs> like like the Spawn series is what brought them in the game or That's all the stuff that was going on in the 90s. Superman died when I was started reading comic books. Batman's yeah. back got broken when I started reading, started reading comic books. So I, I mean, wonder, those were like, the those were the big stories. And if you were a kid in the '90s, introduced to this content, that's the content you were introduced to. Yeah, I mean, we're like we we're, were not already... even teenagers when we're reading that stuff, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, I used to I, I would attribute my ability to to focus on playing video games. Like video games taught me concentration and focus because I would want to level up my character so i'd literally just run in a circle for hours just leveling up on the same isn't interesting that like all these groups will say video games make it so kids can't focus and can't like like, like it's yeah. so well, what it's, I would say, it's improvement you know, all that stuff is wrong all that stuff I, is, I, it's oh. obviously wrong yeah it's like hand-eye coordination yeah the ability mm -hmm. to, to pay attention of and course. especially as, as advanced as video games got how sophisticated well, those quests you know there's are. something funny and not to really not to get political with it but you know there's always been the stigmatism that violence in video games music movies uh that content has led to violence in life 
But I think that goes back to the individual being kind of responsible or, you know, I don't know if that's true, man. I feel like I feel like certain groups, parent groups, whatever, got power. But like there was always Westerns. There was always Dirty Harry. Yeah. Like there was always a guy with a gun and content. I, I think it's just forever. Just well, we, we the time frame in which we grew up in it because it how how kids are growing up now was like vastly different like how we grew up. Like yeah, kids true. can be inside for hours playing video games and like and they, not not go outside and touch grass at there's all. There's no balance. There's right. no balance. There's like no for balance. us, like you know, like I would play video games a lot, but I would go outside. I would go outside, go to the park, you know, go play with a basketball, run around in the neighborhood, go to the pool, whatever the case may be. So there was like a bit of a balance to that. So, yeah, I played a lot of video games at the time for a kid my age. But I would also go outside and, you know, go see where where's everyone playing at, you know, like jump on my bike to see where everyone was at or like mm-hmm. go to Lawrence's house or Lawrence would drag me out the house. Always. Jack. Yeah. So but that's but that's still happening. I mean, I'll bet mm, less. Yeah. Very. Less. Uh, and I think we're the last too. Yeah. We're the last generation that was kind of a hybrid generation where we grew up analog and digital. Yeah. Where. Now I even see it in my son where he has obviously all the toys. He has a ton of my old toys. And obviously, I buy him a ton of toys because I'm into it too. But there's times where I have to pull him off his Nintendo Switch because it's so captivating. So right. it, it's just it's it's very they, very very. They use iPads in school, and then you had a three year pandemic, which is huge for these kids, where they did everything online. Yeah. So like, but I know growing up, like I had. I had the Game Boy. I had the Game Gear. I had different though, Jack. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't as, as as it was new for us. We still. We still was room to go outside. You know. You know why it was also different because we grew up in the in the era of couch co op where your friends would literally have to come over to sit That's next yeah. to you. I don't got to yeah, I don't got to be in the same country as you to play video games. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, so that, that's, that's an aspect, but at the same time, before I, like, I really got into video games, I would go outside and play in the dirt, right? Absolutely. I would go outside and like play in the bushes and pretend it's a spaceship. Yeah. Right. Where a lot of kids aren't doing, they're they're growing up with the with the with a screen in their face. About five years ago, this was five years ago. I was teaching like this after school program, like fitness. These kids didn't know how to limbo. Like they were so uncoordinated because they just not the kids that went outside and climbed trees. They were the kids that finished school, went home, and got on their device. It's yeah. a diff- and now it's even worse because the pandemic is like that's all they could have that's all they could do for three years. You know, that's how they funny. talk to their friends. It's funny you say that because they they did a study where the men's testosterone levels have gone down significantly, and I guarantee that's that's definitely a attributing factors that people are more sedentary. They're not out. They're not doing things, and because of that, you're not developing muscle mass. You're not building the the, the test levels you need, and that's why these people are the way they are. It's just crazy. It's, it's yeah. you know. It's, you just need, as much as we're geeks, as much as we love all this stuff, you need a balance in life, right? You can't just be a one-trick pony and be all about one thing in life because there's too much in this world. And there's too much in this life for, for you to consume and for you to be in just to be fixated on just one thing. And there's, there's a part of geek culture, especially if you're a kid for us, was there was a role-playing aspect to it, too. It's grab those sticks. Those are swords. Yep. Yeah, of course. Like, like, it's not just action figures. It's not just video games. It's like... Chris, how many times did we save Earth in your little cul-de-sac? Back to back. back, to back. <laughs> how many times did we go back, back to back and save and, the world? And, and, you know, and how deep we did it into our childhood is more than I want. I care to admit on a podcast. 
I you were too old. Mean, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. You, know, you, tell you, you guys are still there. What are you talking about? Mark and I were 17 years old. Shut up, Chris. Going going into my karate school after hours, <laughs> play fighting. Tell me we did it. Tell me we did it because we did. We I definitely did. Yeah. I believe it. And it actually went into college, and Jack and I did the same thing and put it on Yeah, tape. I was going to say. Is it, is it, <laughs> but, but look at what this is. I literally said it the other day watching Lawrence do an unboxing. I was like, Lawrence, you somehow managed to find some version of your fountain of youth. You know, this and, is and it. Some, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, but, but it's funny. You know, it's like it <clears throat> escapism – is an interesting word, right? Because it is on some level escapism, but it also doesn't feel like, like there's a lot of negative connotation to that word on some level to me. Like your escapism means I'm running from reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not really how I, how I funnel it because I think so much of geek culture to me is that communal element, you know, like, I've actually managed to get pretty close with um, a couple of the workers at my local comic book shop. And what's funny is one of them really confided in me today with some stuff that's going on. And I was like, that's interesting because that person wouldn't have had the outlet if I wasn't a geek interested in going there every week that eventually led to, you know, having a relationship. Mm -hmm. So Geek culture is making the world a better place. It is. I think. I think it is, and I think for me, it's. It doesn't have to be geeks or comics. It'd be whatever you're into, but whatever it is that you enjoyed as a child, mm. if we're able to still find that same enjoyment as an adult, there's a part of you that you're not going to leave behind. That right. optimistic, bright eye, that innocence. When Rich, whenever you play video games, whether you're aware of it or not, you're tapping into your 10-year-old self. You know, yeah. he's present. And when I buy toys or pick up comics, Jack, you do your thing, Chris, you do your thing, Chris, you're making toys. Like you're doing something like you imagine you couldn't he's even do. Making toys. Ma yeah. Like it, 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 it's you, you're you're literally seven years old again. I mean, and I'm, and I, what I would have dreamed of as a kid. I, I, I think of it all the time. If I would have had this when I was a kid, I would have it blows my mind now at 40. Imagine if it happened. It's, you know, it's like that line in Step Brothers. Imagine if we had it when we were 12. Better. We have it when we were 12. Four. But like, look at all of our spaces right now. And those on the podcast, you can't see it, but it is what you imagine. If you brought your 10-year-old self into this, this is this is where you sit when you're 40. They'd be like, you didn't let it go. Because you saw your parents. And they had responsibilities. They had kids. And I don't, you know, I don't know how well they held on to their childlike Not hobbies. for me, because yo, my dad used to collect Hot Wheels. And right. he still had them. So you yeah, see it. You saw yeah. it. I saw it, yeah. And my dad with the records. But I guess I didn't, since his was in toys, I didn't translate. No, I yo, guess it like the same way. yo my, my younger self will walk into this room and go, you opened it. <laughs> Jack's younger self would be the only one disappointed. I was talking to my pops the other day. He goes, It just kills me watching you open them. <laughs> Man, I would have been, he would have said, You got a Power Ranger helmet? I said, Yeah, Lawrence, I do. Or and like, I, you still have that? You still have that? You still have that? Yes, I and, do. And I think that's what's special. 
about geek culture, whether it's comics and toys, cars, whatever it is you're into. If you enjoyed it as a child, that keeps you young, man. And right now, right now, as 80s babies, it's as good as it's ever been. And it might be as good as ever going to get. Because people who are our age are the ones making this. That's why everything's nostalgia now. Like the forty-year-olds yep. are making the content now. And so it's like forty-year-olds got money now to, to, well, to support it. Well, now you got producers going. I want to do a Karate Kid sequel series called Cobra Kai because they grew up in the '80s. So now, like this is our time as far as like the nostalgia and stuff. And it's our time now. It's our, our time. time. You know, and eventually there'll be like, you know, a reboot of something that came out in the early 2000s that we're not as connected to. And that'll be their time. But right now it's like, this is, this is our time, dog. We have, we have a Ghostbusters sequel coming out. That's a sequel to what we we watched when we were five. Yeah. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is still coming out. Yeah. Like, like what's, we're in the matrix. This is a wonderful simulation they programmed. I don't want out. Let's keep living it. I don't know why they put in other stuff <laughs> that I'm seeing on my Twitter. That's like, obviously, do you want to keep me in the Matrix? Because I don't know why this is here, but this stuff is great, man. We got. I guess that's that's what it is, though. You know, life. It's not like we're not still paying taxes, and we don't still have a real responsibilities and jobs. But this right. is life is so short, man. Yeah, and it's like. It's fleeting and it goes by quick, and you blink and you're like, I time yep. is relentless. Yeah, time is relentless. Yeah, and so anything that's gonna put a smile on your face and and make your heart feel light, how's that? A that's gotta be a good thing, right? And if yep. you found a cheap enough hobby, see your girlfriend and wives don't go, What are you doing? It's hopefully you want because imagine if like this was cars. Shay would have been like, "You're done." I have that five <laughs> or, or, or watches. You're done. Yeah, I mean, still. Chris, I was like, I like Rich. Kathy's not going to tell you to slow down the <coughs> Funko Pops when it comes to money. She might be like, "Where are they are well, well, now we're dealing with space." Yeah, yeah. Still got to live within your means. Because now we're at, we're at the point where we're. Uh, looking at moving in together, it's like, where are we putting all this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm gonna have a corner of the, ro- the living room somewhere. <laughs> let's, let's get let's get Bash's input. Go ahead, Bash. Bash. I'm ask you a question. Bash, can I ask you how much do you like your toys? How much do you love them? I love them. <laughs> I I got Star Wars figures, and they're so important to me. Oh okay. man, and that's what's beautiful about geekdom. The fact that he's playing with Star Wars figures, a brand that came out before his dad was born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys are both enjoying a thing. A brand that, that I was into. I was like, mm-hmm. I like Star Wars, but I was never into it like that. So what, what, you, you play with a lot of my old toys, right? Yeah. Which toys do you play with that were mine when I was a kid? Um, Topspin. So the Transformer, right? Rock Lord. Yep. This is either Gobot. <laughs> Hmm. You play with my G.I. Joes. Yep, my... and then Venom. And Venom, yep. So Venom. It's going to be Venom. Well, there's that. <laughs> no accounting for taste in that. So, <laughs> I, I got a lot of toys that are so cool, but I built this 
all today. It doesn't even look like it from me. <laughs> okay, not yet. He's hijacking. <laughs> hijacking the segment. <laughs> no, but I mean that 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 that's the beautiful thing is when the culture expands when you can play Dungeons and Dragons with your kids when you can play Magic the Gathering with your son when he gets older. Yeah, it is something. And, and since it's so childlike, it's not something you have to try to get them into. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, not like I, I got to try to get them into cars. It's like they, a kid is playing with some toy. It may not be what you play with, but you're gonna play with something. Yeah. Now remember that. Yeah, I remember that. He froze for you too. Yeah. Oh boy. He froze. But, uh... He froze. Oh man. Well, uh, I think that might be it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can get to show my toy. So this is actually my ship. I built it all by myself. Okay. That's cool, Bash. And and I built it. Today. Cool. Oh, all right. And, nice. And it came with this, which is I built. Nice. <laughs> okay, let us finish up, and then we can we can do it. We can chill the whole thing a little bit. Okay. I just got two more things. Okay. After, let Lars wrap up. All right. We're gonna. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Jack froze, but I'm sure he sends our sentiment as far as geek cultures. We are proud geeks. We are born geeks. If you look at the bill of our rooms, there's no getting away from it. Uh, it is who we are. Now we can wear it proudly because the world accepts us for who we are. Yeah. Who we've that's always cool, yeah. been, Rich. Um, yeah. But that's our show. Let us know like that geeky moment that affected <coughs> your life. Just let's, This is well, a community, man. Make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the links below. We got a podcast. We got unboxing. We got so much stuff on this YouTube channel. Uh, Instagram, TikTok. Hit those links and just... Let's be part of the family. We'll be back. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Wow, do you want to see something? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Go. Let us so that's our show. That's our show. Well, that's our segment. We got recommendations. Chris, we got some recommendations. Recommendations. Oh, you did your own music. I did my own because Jack's not here. Yeah. Jack's not so here right now. We talk about nostalgia. We talk about geek culture. I'm talking about some of the stuff that what I would like to see rebooted. Okay. Cartoons. So, number one, a fantastic cartoon that him and I have watched together after the Ghostbusters came out, the real Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. To see that that cartoon pick up, even if it picks up not as the real Ghostbusters, but picks up as you know, where Afterlife leaves off or where where the new one leaves off, I'd be all do you want a movie? Do you want a movie tie-in or could it just be its own thing? Well, the first one was a movie tie-in, so it could it be was. its own thing. The first right. one, the first episode of Ghostbusters picked up where Ghostbusters one ended, so yeah. I'd be I'd be all about it. Or do you want a sequel to Extreme Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah, that's the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> the whole I've never seen. I that. like that oh. one. Yeah. Yes. Number two, Mask. Mask was dope. Mask. They I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, so they had the cars that converted to like planes and the oh, Mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to see that would be freaking dope. That'd be dope. Yeah. They've been talking about this, rumoring this. We got a little bit of a reboot, but it died. Thundercats. Mm. I want to see Thundercats come back. And I want to see get yeah. a strong run. I yeah. love Thundercats. It's a great world. It's great like lore. It's awesome. Honestly, oh. Chris, Thundercats would be a dope anime. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. It would. Oh, yeah. It'd be a dope it, anime, it Chris. The, the, the principles translate right, right? Mm -hmm. uh, number four, G.I. Joe. 
I love G.I. Joe, but I want to see a little but isn't there always a, this, oh, this, no, this. there's not. No, the last G.I. Joe was G.I. Joe Renegades, which they based the second movie on, and we haven't gotten a G.I. Joe series since. But I want a G.I. Joe a little bit grittier, maybe HBO Max where the lasers actually make a difference. You get hit. Uh, you get hit. Okay. Last one. Hear me out on this. Inspector Gadget. Not the campy, not the not a campy version of it, but think of Chainsaw Man, right? So he he can or not Chainsaw Man, I'm sorry, uh uh Cyberpunk, where he kind of he's constantly modding himself and are you gonna Velma Inspector Gadget? No, no, make no, it no, for no. older audience. I don't wanna I don't wanna make it corny, <laughs> I, I don't wanna make it extra woke. I just want it to be you have a guy who's pretty much a cyborg with all these cyborg abilities, and then his 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 niece who's a who's a genius. How awesome could that be if it's done properly? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's my list. All right, that's a good list. That's a good list, man. I wa- I'd watch your list. I'd watch yeah. your list. Um, that's our show. That's what we got here, guys. So make sure that's you. Good. Follow if you have it. Make sure you leave a review. It helps with the algorithm. Check us out on YouTube. Three brothers in a shot. And look, we got a playlist. We have so many things on there. More movie reviews, toy unboxings, a lot of stuff. And you get to see our face while we give these reviews and have these talks. And we're we're some handsome jacks, if I do say so myself. We are handsome jacks. Handsome, and one of us is Jack. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and hit us up on Instagram, TikTok. Maybe it's such a good time having these conversations. We'll be back. Same bat time. Same back channel. (laughs) And this is my Shazam. Shazam and Black Adam. Yeah.